how do you bring a culture that has gone through so much in their past and that suddenly through English that's been exposed hmm. and then we're working on overcoming that through the language so even though you're upgrading skills you're entering culture you're entering belief systems you're entering a lot of things that that um that are much more than just a language Hey everyone, this is Anthony for a new episode of Your Brother's Podcast. Today I'm with my friend, Mr. Ivan Oshanahan Valentine. Uh, we met nine months ago and we had the opportunity to speak together first on a project. We built a course for his, uh, for his clients together and then we decided to just move along and have some masterminds every two weeks, challenging each other's beliefs and growing as, as a person. Uh, Ivan is very open-minded, a free thinker. He loves to travel, he loves adventure, he loves good things in life. And it's always a pleasure to speak with him every two weeks. So, Ivan, I know you're a business owner. You own a language company. And I would like you to tell me more about your vision and mission with these beautiful companies. Please, my friend. First of all, thank you so much, Anthony, for having me on. I, I really appreciate you choosing me to come on the podcast. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to my business, it's evolved over time. But it definitely was born out of the frustration of the traditional way of doing things in terms of education. I would trying to basically right now, the main focus is helping companies attract, elevate the skills and strengthen the culture through a really necessary tool and skill, which is improving the skill, the English skills of their employees mm -hmm. and their directors, for example, could also be because it creates a lot of engagement is something they do on a weekly basis. So it's, yeah. it's an opportunity for the business to kind of build a better culture, especially obviously non-native English speakers in remote teams right, when they're working online. So yeah, it's, it's, it's evolving. We've, we've grown over time and, and we're innovating as the needs change uh, year by year. My company is based in Medellin. It's obviously remote, but it was born face to face. And it's mainly focused on Colombians right now, but I do have clients from Brazil, I'm from Ecuador, I've had Spanish ones too. So yeah, but it seems South America is, is kind of the hub right now in terms of remote teams working with the US yeah. and Canada. So we're going to go back a bit in time and we can come back on more of this South America later. First of all, so you were an, just an English teacher back in the days. What was the turning point between you being a teacher in schools and deciding, man, this is not going to work long term. It's not maybe fulfilling enough. I need something new. I need my business. And maybe what was wrong about the education? Because I think most people will agree in life that nowadays courses are maybe obsolete for languages. Maybe it's too focused on just grammar or just reading. So how came all this idea of changing the industry okay so Good obviously uh, before i started thinking like that you know i i got a teaching cert to travel the world that's what i wanted that's what i was dreaming about i wanted to travel the world and i wanted to go to australia but i wanted to have some freedom right so i i decided to take a teaching course and i started teaching english in language schools in the uk mm -hmm. then in 
in China, in China. then I traveled a little bit to Bali, then Australia. And then in Australia, I had a partner, which was from Medellin. So once our visas expired, we decided to come over. And when I was in one of the language schools, I, I got to the point that I started to hate teaching. Mm, I really? truly, absolutely hate it. And I was wondering, because I enjoyed that period of time through the past eight years. And now suddenly I'm hating teaching. So I was like, hmm. okay, what is this? What is the problem? And I started to identify a couple of things. So the first thing I identified was the, uh, the framework that, that was being pushed. And it was something that didn't allow students to be the protagonists. Right. So most of the time it was focused on the teacher, the teacher lecturing. That's traditional education. Yeah. Right. And I started to identify what, what framework can we create where the student is the protagonist. Mm -hmm. So I started to think like that. And the first thing was they have to speak more in class. That's the first yeah, one. Of course. Teacher shut, shut up mm -hmm. and the students <laughs> speak. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first one. The second thing is that people start things, but they don't finish it. Mm -hmm. right? So they start, but they don't finish. So what are the conditions? What is the framework that they're working with that keeps them excited? They lean forward and accomplish their goals, right? Yeah. And finally, it's the confidence. There's a certain fear in making mistakes that is making people stop. How do you bring a culture that has gone through so much in their past and that suddenly through English that's been exposed. Hmm. And then we're working on overcoming that through the language. So even though you're upgrading skills, you're entering culture, you're entering belief systems, you're entering yeah. a lot of things that, that, um, that are much more than just a language. And that's the beauty. That's what, what makes me excited. To, to help people be better people. And the language is one of those pains that forces people to go inwards. Yeah. And that is exciting. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, uh, and it, it's leading me to a, another very good question I have for you here. So because you studied, you taught in many countries, can you tell me a bit about the difference between the mentalities of different countries uh, in regards to learning English. So for example, Chinese versus Colombians, do they have the same mental blocks or it's gonna change a bit according to their own background and culture and how they were raised, everything like this? Okay, I do think it changes. Um, mm -hmm. But funnily enough, when you get the teaching cert, right? The way of teaching from the teaching cert um, it's pretty much carried out, carried out the same structure in different countries. So the way and the framework is pretty similar. And the, however, Colombia was the one that actually hadn't adapted to the standard, you know, and it was really traditional. That's where I saw the real pain. Um, but, um, I think I also taught different people. So I, I taught teenagers in, 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 in England. A lot of teenagers and adults, like young adults. And then in China, I taught kids. Uh, so that was completely new. And then I went back to young to adults kids, in Australia. Uh, more difficult with kids than adults for, in your experience? I loved kids. I think yeah. there was like six-year-olds 
are amazing. Uh -huh. When they start turning 10, 11, 12, maybe nine. More mm. difficult. I don't want to. I don't want to get you banned, but yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. I mean, they're okay, but they can be difficult. They can be difficult. Mm. But in in China, we had a lot of support. We had a, a nice team, and it was great. It it, it potentialized the teachers and helped the teachers be do, do well. Um, but I, I do think the pressures are different. I remember in China that one of the things that was really interesting was that when West when I was teaching the uh, like 14 year olds, 13, 14 year olds. And in the book, you have all sorts of different topics you can talk mm -hmm. about. And if you ask a simple question of what do you do in your free time? They wouldn't know what to say because they don't have free time oh, they all the time. Yeah. So you have a book of so many different topics. They can talk about food and family. <laughs> That's it. But ask them about anything else and they're studying. Wow. They, they, they finish school go to study this study that study the competition is insane in china they have to compete it's, it's unhealthy yeah you, have you seen like going uh if you got a, maybe closer to some students have you seen any maybe mental health problems of over competition was it something that you could see like it was obvious that they were overworked overstressed over studying or you could not like because there was still a I didn't see that because there were kids, right? I didn't yeah. see it. Um, but maybe you can see it when they're kids. I didn't really notice it. Kids want to play, and in English we had mm. a lot of games and activities for so it didn't really feel for them like, oh, I have to study hard. They kind of yeah. saw it as more like let I have to do it because my parents sent me here, and <laughs> if I'm having fun with it, great. So yeah. I try to always make it fun and, and, and try to, to make it engaging as, as much as possible. And uh, did you bring the same attitude to now your current business to try to make things fun and then entertaining? Because as adults, it's so serious to learn a language. And often if it's for work, then people will be, oh, I mean, I have to do it. I, I have to give this effort. But they, they forget that it's also supposed to be enjoyable to learn languages over time. So have you a part of... Do you have a part of uh, entertainment in your course and teachings? It's an interesting thing, that question, because when we talk about entertainment, we talk about China and the kids, right? Kids yeah. need to play. I think it's important. I think adults yeah. need to play too. But in Colombia, they know they play a lot. They <laughs> don't need to play as much. <laughs> so just studying, no, no play. I, in the, in I identify. It's not about that. I mean, I mean, I do get it, but I do think that I, I, it goes down to this. We have so much entertainment. And we talked about this the other day. Consuming, consuming, being entertained, being entertained. Mm -hmm. Where is the point that we are leaning forward in our lives and taking responsibility for something? Mm -hmm. And truly taking, serious, taking it seriously. Taking your life seriously. But it doesn't mean you have to be like... Yeah. <laughs> you can take life seriously and have fun mm -hmm. right yeah it's about living with purpose so when somebody joins the program feeling that the the sensation that they're actually taking their goal seriously their life seriously but it doesn't mean it's like frown face and just like mm -hmm. that's not what serious means for me yeah. right um it's just being connected with authenticity with your purpose and and 
you know, helping each other be accountable. And I think that's the, the biggest thing, right? Creating the conditions where a person can be super excited to to not just join, but to be in charge of learning something new, yeah. right, for them. That will change their life, but also enjoy the process, right? I think that's important. But if you, it's meaningful for them, if it's connected to their interests, if it's connected to... Uh, to deep, I, we like deep conversations. We like to go mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit deeper. With younger, with, with lower levels, we do more like the fun and games. But it's it's about that framework that gets people excited to to just be like, wow, I'm part of this. I'm excited. It's meaningful. I'm making it happen. Let's go. Yeah. Right. Mm. And uh, for example, if you uh, if you teach adults right now and uh, you see they lose motivation. Do you bring them back the big why from the onboarding week? Or because I, I believe for many, many people with languages, this is the main thing. They, they start super excited, maybe one month, two months, maybe even less. And then they drop, they quit because things get st- get tough, of course, with the language. Yeah, like English, French or any other language. So I'm, I'm also a teacher uh, and I have many, many uh, experience with that. of like, oh, man, those, those verbs or... This, this grammar part. So how do you stay, how do you keep people committed from when they first sign up with your program and make them last to the end compared to other businesses which are, maybe don't have the same stickiness? Great question. A great question because that's key. I think it's it's there's a part of our methodology where it includes kind of, we have an action plan and we have a conversation every week with groups is bi-weekly. But every week, imagine we have a conversation and the conversation is where they evaluate how their week went, because there's not things that just happen in class, but also what happens outside the class so that they commit that time of exposure to the language. Right. So not only they're exposed to things they actually enjoy and like. Right. Which is keeps them engaged but is the key is the conversation between the mentor we don't even call each other teachers between the mentor and uh-huh. the student and it's not about this teacher or the mentor telling them you should do this you should do that you should do that it's about them going through the action plan right and we have a way in which they rate themselves of their effort and performance right we don't judge them they judge themselves from their perception and it's our job as mentors to understand how to potentialize their perception of the week for their benefit so let's say for example someone comes in and says i give myself a five out of ten okay do we see that they had a really difficult week a lot of work and it they were stressed things personal things happened right are we going to like say, that's terrible, let's go? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's about understanding that push and pull, yeah. right? And that's the real toughness. Like, what is their emotional perception of how they see themselves and how we can get them to be excited for the next week? And a lot of the times it's like, okay, so if you save a five, why do you give yourself a five and not a three? So we kind of force them to give themselves oh, a pat on the back for that's something. Interesting. So, oh, I went, I came to class, I did this, I did, fantastic, great. So how do we get the five to a six or a seven? What do we do? What can we do? And then the person will give themselves. So we understand from the tone of voice, 
where they're at and they we are helping them guide themselves and be at their own leaders but we're holding them accountable to their leadership yeah right i think that's key and and i think that conversation really resonates and at the end of that you can feel the energy hmm. right and it's super super different also and and we asked them a question which you know a lot of the times when you build a relationship with a with a teacher sometimes it's hard to give suggestions to your mentor yeah. from a perception of like help without being a victim right without be, them being like oh i don't like this or from a perception of like support and camaraderie and this is that we also ask them what score do you give me in, in the dynamic that i'm creating and a lot of the times they give you like a nine ten or because they're nice but you can always ask them why a nine or why the ten what did you particularly enjoy or what did you particularly appreciate and you can actually start getting and understanding what triggers them to do some to do amazing and i think when you start tapping into that and you understand that then you can go and you can then say also it's like why not a a two like if they're nine why not a ten like what what is it and a lot of the times we want to drive them to the point it's like oh uh they kind of don't want to really judge you which i tell us that what can i do to help you be better mm -hmm. right it's not personal and when you start leaving the personal on the side and it's about me being my the best self for you because we can be best selves in different ways to yeah. other people to different people but if my job is to potentialize you how can i how what part of my personality and my character or my my style can help you get to the next level some people request pushing more some people request mm -hmm. more accountability some people request you know more fun more relaxed right understanding that is that's going to help them yeah right so we kind of filter is that going to potentialize them or not so there's like a some sort of base rules mm -hmm. and then they will uh help us guide them better right so it's them being in charge of us somehow that's beautiful so i treat it like that i treat it like that yeah and i i think that's something that i want to pursue a little bit more and, and improve but uh, i think that conversation really helps people really uh take charge and, and, and learn how to be their own leaders absolutely and, uh you know what comes to mind when you when you say that i'm curious if all this beautiful methodology have you tried to use it on your own life in terms of other projects and just languages because i hear that and i i realized this yeah. this grading system and uh how like what is honestly it can be done with everything that's what i think people would like to, to hear that because obviously my expertise project. my expertise yeah. and my experience has been english i started with that and now i'm i'm, I'm evolving that i'm making sure that i do something but i do think that that methodology can be if if you can think about it you can do it with with different things like i with my my trainer like at the gym implementing that system could be fantastic any sort of coaching can 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 use that very very well and and it can definitely work for 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 many things so yeah. it really truly helps you that's true it's like it it could work with any skill so for example respects, somebody, that requires yeah. the leadership from yourself somehow somebody who will uh want to change 
career. So that will be always one of my theme for my for my podcast because I'm helping people transition from one career to the other, something more entrepreneurial, usually for most clients. So if you start to grade yourself, let's say you are an engineer, you want to become a business owner and you don't know how to move from one thing to the other or just a teacher towards CEO of your own language school like you did. Well, how are we going to keep in, keep in track for like week after week that I'm going to take positive, constructive actions toward the transition? Because I, I think it could be quite overwhelming and maybe you can confirm that when you're an employee and you want to move to something completely new that is your own, there's so much to learn, so much to read about, watch videos. It, quite, it can be quite overwhelming, I think, for anybody who's a solopreneur or wanting to be one. So do you have any advice so, for that? Because you made it happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Honestly, if I, if, I, if I think about it, right, I've, I've had this in my mind that gets me excited, right? And it's about, I look at it from a perspective of a superhero. Let's say, mm -hmm. let's say an Iron Man, right? Like it has like this shield with a lot of different things that can make you fly, shoot, whatever, right? Like, what is your ideal superhero as a person? Like, who do you want to become mm -hmm. to the maximum of your ability? Right? So I look at it from that perspective, and there's probably health, wealth, relationships. There's, there's a spectrum, right? If you look at the wheel of life, kind of like yeah. finding, optimizing everything, right? At the end of the day, um, I look at it from that perspective, and oh, that, that would be amazing. Like, And it's not just about uh you know the, finding your accountability and that system that you could potentially at different parts of your life but having someone that holds you accountable having a team it's like you you see a boxer going going down the ring you see a whole team you have the buddies from 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 back at school that make them him laugh and mm -hmm. and just get him powered up then you have a coach very responsibility that's huge responsibility you have maybe family maybe girlfriend maybe wife or kids there's a whole team what is your ideal team to, to make you the best version of yourself? Yeah. It's not that they're going to like force you. It's like, who do you choose to be surrounded by that mm. is going to get you to that next level? So I do think like there's all these courses, all these courses, and I, I need coaching and I'm right now in one of the coachings. And it's really, really important to have different people that potentialize yourself. Because the mindset that you started, like the way I started my business is very different to the way I'm thinking today, right? So I do think that having a space for your mindset to be challenged and to give yourself permission to open up your mind is key. So that's why, for example, you know, there's courses where they charge a lot of money so that you're like, okay, they're an authority. I'm going to listen. Yeah. Right? Because if you don't pay a lot of money, you won't listen. That's so a so lot true. of the times it's about allowing yourself to listen and really wanting and trusting another person to guide you. That's that's really difficult. Right? I have I know one of my, my clients, like they're they have a big company with thousands of employees. And you know, they they is a family kind of run business the, 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 the father passed, passed away so that the without you know it was like it wasn't expected and 
and the kids that the, 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 the brother and the, and the sister took over but they haven't had the growth the leadership growth from uh like the grind mm -hmm. they were put in that position and they want to impact the leadership or the impact the culture of the of the company you know asking for help is complicated mm. because they're at this position where they haven't actually gone through the motions of maybe asking for help yeah. before to go through different processes but i do think asking for help and 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 listening is probably like the, the key challenge your beliefs constantly constantly um i don't know i don't know how to i don't know which how to I, say that but i'm yeah i don't know if i correct or like guide me maybe to, to explain it better i don't know <laughs> uh, just i was thinking like which beliefs did you have to let go in order to move mm. from teaching to being CEO, and I know you were teaching for your company, but now you're even, you said you, you're retiring from teaching in your own yeah, company. Already that's the next level. You mm -hmm. stopped already a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. Like beautiful and powerful. And what were the big beliefs that they were holding you back at? Oh, but it's maybe easier income. Because I know we spoke about this a couple of times on, the, on our masterminds. I think it's quite interesting mm -hmm. for you to, to explain how, which kind of mental transformation you, you've been through to be able to go from, okay, I'm not going to teach anymore. I'm just going to be in charge and learn to delegate better and uh, see how it goes and believe in yourself from that role, in that role. So the, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that, that's a, that's a question that I have, I'm thinking to, to, from, from the perspective of actually the first time I asked for help pr properly. And I truly listened. And I was actually, it was in the pandemia, right? I'm a person that is very social. So I have different social groups and that kind of balances my emotions and my my ego and my my emotional stability. <laughs> so that was completely removed, right? And I was very frustrated with a lot of things. And I got to the point that I started getting a little depressed and I didn't even notice that I was getting depressed. But I, 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 there was a trigger. I know that maybe this happened over time until I get to, to keep, but there was one specific trigger. <laughs> and, and it was the, this trigger that really made me feel power, like powerless. Mm -hmm. And I had, I, I knew a coach that actually helped my students. And I said, I think I want to actually have a session with you or I want to, I want to talk. So I started talking about that. And it really, really, I started to go inwards and I started to have like realizations and I started to have like this, like amazing feelings. Um, so I started to trust in the process. It's like, once you get like a few results, you start to be like, okay, if this works, let's keep doing it. Yeah. And in business, I was also a little bit stuck. So I also bought a program, a max, uh, uh, program, uh, and because a friend of mine recommended it to me, cause I saw, I was in a limit 
And then it, I got, I, I said, okay, you know what? If they're making more money than me, I should sh shut up, yeah. listen, and do exactly what they say. I did it and I had results. So, okay, Ivan, you should listen more. Yeah. And just be guided by people that do it better than you. Mm -hmm. like if someone's doing better than you in something, listen. <laughs> listen. And learn how to take advice. I think that that has been the key for me. It's learning how to be guided and, and trusting others. Especially people that know more than I do in certain things. Yeah. You know, and, and that was a big step. There, there were big steps for me in that, in that sense. Listening to others is key. And learning how to listen. I'm still learning how to listen. And now I'm, well, because I stopped teaching. You want there's to a natural right, feeling. Maybe. There's a natural feeling that, that there's a point that when I stopped, I knew I had to stop. When I did it, it was a big identity uh, crisis or something because, you know, for such a long time, I have been feeling this dopamine, you know, mm -hmm. from being a teacher. That's yeah. one of the traps of teaching. And I think one of the dark sides of teaching is that there's a point that you depend and you be, you're kind of a little bit of a people pleaser. Mm. But you depend from their feedback somehow or or. Like, you feel good about yourself. It's nice to help people, but if you do it all the time, there's an ego part that starts building uh -huh. an identity that you're like, this is me, this is what I do. And when you just let go of that, I had a little bit of a, a crisis I, I was feeling. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, like, who, who am I? Who am I now? And, but, but, uh, I've actually understood my role a bit better now. And I get excited about the idea of looking at people and seeing how do I elevate this person to the next level for my team, my mentors. Yeah. How do I build teams and build them? How do I grab a person that their motivation is X, Y, and I'm like, fantastic. What is the best road I can bring them in, like, into to, to elevate not just them, but my business? Win-win. Mm -hmm. So how to elevate. And it just brings me a lot of joy to learn about that. And a lot of that learning is about being a better leader. And I think that if I'm a better leader as a human being myself, I can also do anything I want with myself in a personal life. Yeah. So I, it's fantastic because it's, yeah, I'm, I'm helping my business grow, but I'm also helping myself grow. And I think that that's when I can connect both, I'm on point. It's all good. Do <laughs> I you feel think excited that, and purposeful. Do you think that anybody can be a leader? Everybody that is your, your student or partner, can anybody, anybody has a normal, maybe natural leader inside in a different area, maybe not the traditional, oh, he's a leader of this company, but demonstrate some different kind of leadership? Is it something that you see in people or you think some are born leaders? What is your perspective look, on that? You look, if you're born in, in a certain in a certain environment that prompt you to believe that you can lead or oh, your natural leader, whatever, right? Yeah. Or your ego is a little stronger, you're a little bit of a psychopath, whatever. Like maybe you have some <laughs> natural tendencies to not really care about what people think and maybe yeah. 
that props you, but that, in a way that would probably have consequences in the future. A lot of our leaders, I would say, um, you know, they want to be leaders, and maybe that's the problem too. Mm. I think. I think power, and I don't. I've never. I've not reached this level of power <laughs> at all right now. But I can sense that if you have a lot of ego and you are giving a lot of power, or you, all those insecurities that you have, or all the things that you, all the traumas you've been through, those are multiplied by ten when you become a leader. So you gotta earn your stripes to be a good leader, and I think you gotta go through a lot of internal growth. I think everybody is a leader somehow because again, they're by, you know, there's an innate survival instance for human beings. So they have, they, they got to take responsibility for something, right? In, in, in some ways or another, but it's the choice. Do you want to be a leader or not? Mm. And if you want to be a leader, what can you do to, to do? What can you work on to become that? What, what I think lacks in society is if we look at education, where are they promoting leadership mindset when the, since schools? Nowhere. Where? Nowhere. Nowhere. So what happens is that, oh, some people are natural leaders. I do think it's just it's, we are not being given the opportunity to decide truly. Yeah. And that's sad. That's what really drives me. That anger drives me from in my business that frustration somehow um how do we help people and, and the methodology we talked about the framework of helping people take responsibility for their learning be excited about learning it's a form of leadership and if you can lead yourself i think you can lead others right yeah so you think that society conditioned kids to be just employees and be in the mold and i can i'm 100 i agree with that so much um and as you know i'm uh, in the grand cardone's coaching program in the accelerator and he speaks a lot about like the educational system right now is broken and you can literally spend years and thousands of dollars on certain things that actually yep. are you going to use in real life and what is the mentality of teachers teaching you this course mm -hmm. this curriculum because if you get maybe infected by their average mentality, then imagine if you do this from kindergarten and elementary school and oh, just, oh, I should be satisfied with what I have or this is good enough or, and I'm not saying that all teachers are, are this way, but in general, if you receive help from people who make just 40, 50,000 a year, then you're far away from having a mentor who's making 5 million, 500 million, 5 billion a year, uh, not a year, but like net worth. So. Yeah, I think that's also something big to consider in society. Like, if we transform the educational system, who's going to be in charge to teach this? Because usually people who have more success are already busy doing their own things. So that's kind of the loop. Now, I don't know how we can... Is there any solution but, for that? Yeah, but Anthony, look look at... There's so many people wanting to help. Yeah, It's funny because a lot of successful people have their own courses, have their own yeah, things in absolutely. Grant Cardone. Like, yeah. Why would Grant Cardone want to help everybody? He's, yeah. he, he could he live for the rest to. of his life. But there's something, there's a lot of successful, whatever success means, but let's say economically successful people that are wanting, that want to help. There's a lot of scammers out there too, but there's a lot of people that genuinely, truly want to help. 
right? I think that people that are truly successful in different realms of their life want to give back somehow and want to elevate others to that mindset. And it's that, that how do you tap into a common mindset to get them excited to join the elite mindset, let's mm -hmm. say, right? Like, how do you tap into it? So you have to use traditional marketing tools, right? And, and, and grab attention and you have like a window of opportunity to grasp it. Like English is an opportunity for people to work on themselves, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a pain. I need English yeah. for X, Y, and Z. Okay, you need English. And now you're experienced. There's fear. There's mm. a lack of leadership in your in in, in your like. There's a lack of passion. There's a lack of connection. People. Yeah. So, so everyone experiences pain in different ways. So once you want to take a responsibility for their pain, how are we bringing those 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 purchases or service or or, or products or or something to fix that pain to the point where they are being carried in a journey? that changes the mindset of the person. So let's say, you know, a politician is the most, is the expert in marketing. Let's say they're probably the best in the world in marketing somehow because they control the whole narrative in many, many ways. And you can argue that, but, you know, you could see like a rich person promoting in a way that maybe your belief system doesn't connect to. But a lot of people do connect to that. And then once they're in, they have, they take a step in that journey to change the mindset, right? So you can hear a politician, probably a politician will talk to you face to face and they'll talk to your level and you'll be like, oh, makes sense. That guy's pretty cool, right? But then you have them rallying and saying, oh, this is stupid. And then everyone's like, yeah. And you're like, oh, that's dumb. That's not great. That's, that, I don't believe in that. And he's the same person. So, Look, if you look at, you know, I do think critical thinking is key. Um, I do think when you're, when you society looks to for I for ID for some sort of leaders, right? It could be a warrior, it could be God, it could be a celebrity, it could be. We are looking some sort of, we are looking to idealize our parents, right? And then we, you know. We got a little disappointed, but then we learned to humanize them. But we're looking for leaders all the time. And if you're surrounded, if your teacher is your leader, you're going to be influenced by their mindset. So it's about maybe choosing, being learning how to choose your leaders, learning how to not just be told what to do, but you actually choose what you want to believe. And that's the hard. What kind of framework of education do you want to receive yeah. in order to empower you? But we can't help it but to be like, like want to be like someone. We have that innate in our in our being. So I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm rambling, but maybe some. No, thoughts. no. It's 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 very good, <laughs> and I like. I really like the idea when you said about like people who are already successful and they want to help. And it's true because yes, there is a misconception that like oh, rich people they. Just think about themselves or they want to just make more money but that's usually poor people saying that about people who have success yeah i come from quebec canada and in quebec we have this mentality called, like in french okay if i press it from french to english like be born for a little bread and that's like this is what i gave you 
you take that and you shut up. And I think it's very dangerous to have this mentality as a, if you start your life like this, then you can never, if you have any inspiration inside anything creative, anything innovative, then it gets shut down and it's like, man, I don't know, I, I like to draw, but if I draw, man, then my father will say, I, I'm, uh, I'm girlish or whatever, yeah? So to encourage the next generation, that I think that would be good like in the system in general. Yes, have the normal curriculum, but also have uh, something that will help them to discover what do they truly love and what they're talented in or what we can see like, oh, that's quite unique. How can we build that up from an early age so that they can be masters at 15 instead of 30? Does that make sense? Yeah. Might be hard to implement. I, I, my thoughts. I, I, I agree. And but you know, I would scratch the whole system. <laughs> the whole, that's a big that's, all of those subjects. Job, like absolutely <laughs> like look, fine. There, what are you doing? Are you actually learning what two plus two is? Which is fine. I don't think you're learning what two plus two is, right? You're learning about how you're you're actually training your brain in a certain way to to evolve. Because now we have the calc. We don't really need to know what two plus two is. We can have. We can figure it out here. But what are you triggering with your mind? Oh, you know, to know the capitals of of certain countries. You know, for geography or whatever. You can Google it. You can go Wikipedia, right? So, do you really need to know it, or is it? What are you? What part of your brain are you training? Mm-hmm. So, I do think we have to understand that different character. There's different parts of our brain that we need to start. Uh, massaging let's say or, yeah. or getting them you know and there's certain people that are going to be more enlightened or excited about certain when you start massaging a certain part of the brain than others but if you're only massaging a certain part of your brain there's certain people that are going to be like super excited and do really well and those are the people that get nines and tens in and and then there was me going to getting fives and sixes at school mm-hmm. Yeah. That part of my brain wasn't molded. But now that I have a business, I'm excited. I have fire. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't I given that opportunity to have that feeling of fire when I was at school? Right? And I was thinking, I'm not good enough. Huh. And then you realize the number doesn't really matter in the real world. Yeah. But look, it, it's not like that part of the brain doesn't matter. Of course, whatever was triggered at school was probably probably developed something in the brain but what about the rest i do think we're tapping into two or three percent of what the brain is at school Mm. what you learn in in in, 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 you know during when you get you know you have to defend yourself when you're being bullied or 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 having to adapt to, to 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 your you know in the playground i think a lot of the education for for society is born in the playground not Mm -hmm. at not in the classroom so how do we encourage a dynamic in the playground that builds and massages certain parts of the brains that builds leadership that builds better people instead of just punish them if they just why don't we encourage certain behaviors in a in, in a that promote critical thinking that promote the massage of different parts of the brain and it's you know classes shouldn't just be in a classroom it can be a whole experience right and how do we say okay what are the different parts of the brain and how do we create experiences that massage all those different parts of the brain 
And then people discover what part of their brain they get excited the most about and they, mm-hmm. go, pers- and they go and specialize in that because it will be naturally feeling. It's not like they will naturally feel excited and compelled to, 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 to be part of that, right? And they will have a more educated uh, decision into where they want to direct their life in instead of just a subject. It's not a subject. It's what, yeah. kind of, what part of the brain do you want to like be part of more? I understand. Of? And get excited about so but, it's not the one plus one is two is what is the brain the part of the brain that gets you excited and then being living a life more in tune with that with your intelligences with your natural behavior everyone's intelligent it's just a matter mm-hmm. of discovering what is Absolutely. your kind of intelligence so everybody who doesn't who didn't have which i think i would assume almost everybody didn't have the chance to experience this as a child and now they're 25 30 35 40 or more mm-hmm. how to get in touch with like discovering what they truly love to do and not judge themselves for example uh, somebody wants to become a mechanic or so just like a astrology or gardening and maybe they judge themselves like, but this is not worthy to to go for because there's no money in that compared to my job that mm-hmm. I have right now, making already 80K, yep. 100K, 200K. Look, and I do think, and I, and I learned this from a podcast from Tyler, uh, from the RSD guys. And he said in a podcast, to be free, there's two things that can maybe give you freedom. Because it's the feeling of freedom that can you can do whatever you want. One is safety. We've been conditioned to be fearful. Yes. And we think a nine to five job is safe. Mm. And then you're fired like that. Like we're yeah. coming into a recession. A lot of people are going to get fired. Dangerous as hell. But the government, don't worry, the government will take care of you. Not in Colombia. <laughs> well, that's why in Colombia people have to be um, Hustle, you know, baby. on point. Yeah. And they have to have a community that they trust. Right. At least or they have to have some sort of energy that pushes them to do more. But safety is the first one, and safety can be getting in, in money, right? In co- like community, right? So we make decisions. So when you, we wanna be free, uh, and then we look for safety somehow. But I do think what, what I'm coming to, it's in order for people to, to you know, you, to, to say, I want to try something different or I want to do something that's different. What is stopping them is fear, right? Mm-hmm. Most, most of the time. And that fear has been, is, is pumped in the news, is pumped in education. Don't do this and do this. So it's all of those mental conditioning that you've had. So first of all, understand that it maybe it's not your true self that is stopping you. It's just the conditioning that you've had from society. A lot of people break out of the matrix of bad conditions, maybe by making a lot of money and then they don't have to worry about it, right? They're just feeling, oh, now I can travel, I can do this, and they can start looking out outward. But it truly, it's inner, 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 like feeling that whatever happens in life, you're good. Yeah. If your health and your mind and your, and your body are fine, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Right, anything's possible. Now, what is what are what is the ecosystem 
What is your Ironman ecosystem that will make you feel like I can have a million dollars or zero? I'm good. Yeah. I'll be fine. Where do you, what do you trust? So the sensation of safety and, you know, they're talking about the idea of spirituality or God, like no matter what, you know, there were people that, the people that were, that are spiritual have a lot of more power to overcome things than people that are maybe not spiritual. Maybe that's kind of, you know, tapping into to something different, but I do think some sort of faith, some confidence that is born out of whatever. But imagine you have confidence even if you have nothing. That's why when we see people that have gone through a difficult situation or people that have no arms or legs and are giving conferences on yeah. confidence, uh -huh. <laughs> just imagine... You know, we're like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I have everything and I'm complaining. So what I'm saying is, how do you become so confident in yourself that you can do everything when you have nothing? Like, where do you, what, what journey do you have to go through? What experiences do you have to go through to feel excited and powerful no matter what? And I think that is the key. Yeah. What builds you that? And a lot of the terms is investing in, in in mindsets so if we look at mm -hmm. coaching coaching can be a great tool in order to like help how to kind of unlock all those beliefs and you become freer and freer and more powerful um but um you know there's different experiences i think experiences of pain are great teachers right i do think was, that uh... there's this concept go, go sorry ahead. go ahead I will... um okay um, I do think, um, where, where was I? Yes, the idea of pursuit of happiness mm -hmm. has been interpreted a little different. There's a book called Anti-Fragile. What if true happiness is actually, if you don't feel challenged or in pain, you're not happy. Just imagine you flip it. We're looking at happiness as pleasure a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh -huh. What if we decide, like, if you're not in pain somehow, okay, I'm not saying, like, you know, be whipped or something like that, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, challenges just it might be life challenges. But, like, if you're not, like, if you're like, you have a goal and you're pushing through and you're feeling challenged and you feel pain, imagine if you feel like challenged and in pain and you feel that that is the actual state that tells you you're in growth and you're actually mm. improving Absolutely. what if we actually treat that as real happiness and if you're not doing if you're not feeling that you're not in you're you're not happy Oof, it would man. like like your brain is like what what does that mean That's i've amazing. never thought it's about that but just, head. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that 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 feeling of excitement of like oh let's go let's like that warrior right we are we are thinking that we have to look for pleasure. Man, I, I've gone. I've, I've, I lived in Bali for three months once. And I didn't. I mean, and I surf, and it's my dream. At some point, I was like, man, I think it's missing. What is this? Like, I, I need. <laughs> and then I went to Australia, and I worked, and I and I like to serve and work hard and yeah. and overcome challenges. So I do think have a life where there's challenges. And then you're going to go through different chains and, and, and things. And that kind of life is going to be so meaningful and so exciting somehow. 
and looking and pain as like, yeah. Like I was thinking of the recession coming, right? Mm -hmm. We have this recession coming and always here. And people are like worried and where do I, what do I do? What do I do this? And I'm, and I'm, I was, I woke up the other day in my bed. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bring it on. I'm going to go through difficulty. (sighs) If I lose everything, oh my God, what am I going to learn? I have my brain. Better of a a mindset I'm going to have. What I'm going to be unstoppable. Bring it on. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm not scared of losing. Let's lose. Let's lose. But I'm losing with purpose. It's exciting. It's like I know that whatever I go through, I I feel like I'm more in tune with myself. I'm more present to who I am. Yeah, you have to. And it just makes you really, really passionate about. It just makes you, I think it's, there's a sense of confidence and but it's not like like a cocky confidence. It's a confidence. Mm-hmm. Like if you have confidence when you have nothing, that's that's beautiful. You kind of tapped into something about yourself that is exciting. Yeah. And um, look, I'm not saying that you're not going to go through difficulties. You know, have a good Never environment been. around you. But look, I was watching a Kelly Slater documentary, and and a lot of the time he's talking to like his coach or his psychologist or whatever his friends. And, you know, he's 11 world time champion and he's going through these mental battles hmm. and fighting. And there was a question that they asked him, um, how many trophies are you willing to give me in order to stop the pain that you feel in pursuing your best self constantly? And that's how the episode ended. <laughs> and I looked at his face and he kind of smirked and I just knew he would say, I will not give up one of them. Ah, that's amazing. <laughs> you know? So what are like in the end, and I, I, I connected that I said, because he was like, you know, do you want to feel, um, in, you know, relaxed and quote unquote happy? Mm-hmm. Or do you actually want to, continue pursuing at 50 years old still wanting to beat youngsters and and be still one of the best in the world like do you like like stop why don't you stop so there's something special there there's like why do we look at pain and suffering as but all these top athletes i feel they have looked at pain and, and suffering and challenge as their absolute happiness and if they're not doing through that they're not happy so are you willing to go into that world and i think that we're not looking at pain and challenge and suffering as a way to access like elitism or or being the best i think that's what it takes i think that's what when you actually see pain challenge and suffering as your as your guide as your path i don't think you'll get to be the best and the best. And when you see it that way, I don't think you will feel the pain or the suffering as you traditionally kind of perceive it as changing. Because you could be like, what is good about what you just said is you can become the champion of your own life because not everybody will have the genetics and all the factors to get like mm-hmm. professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Okay, just bring it to anything else that you're doing right now. If you decide, okay, I'm going to be the best coach at what I'm doing right now, 
every challenge, every possible negative scenario I can transform. And you know what? I can almost, with hindsight, I can almost laugh about it because I realized, oh, here I had these tools at the time and I really did my best to figure something out. And often when you get in these moments of very, like you're very humble, then you just release, you let go. And there will be one person giving you just one thing that you need for the next step. If you stop trying to control everything, you know what I mean? So I really felt that in my life many times and people who know my, who knows my story about Georgia, how I came here and it will be uh, in the other episode about this. But man, if you embrace all of this, challenging situations and you said okay life is bringing me this because i'm not where i want to be but i need to face this dragon or this beast in order to be able to uh, to receive what i want you know so i think it's and, 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 and i think the perception of life is everything so the more you practice challenging your perception that's why listening is important. That's why being coached is important. That's why learning from others is important because you're you're expanding your awareness about things. You know, I think that learning how to listen, I'm, I'm still learning and I, yeah. I think it's important, but learning how to listen, learning how to be guided, it's a form of practicing uh, improving your perception of life. You're molding that. And I think that if we are you know, through meditation, there's a lot of different ways you can practice consciousness, being more conscious, more aware, uh, working on your belief system. I think that's probably the best investment. Having a coach, have some sort of mental challenges somehow, um, all those things really, really help you. That critical thinking, uh, challenging your mindset. I think that's where you can get, but it's the choice of wanting to change that mindset is where it has to be a pain that is so unbearable for you that you want to make the decision to do. Mm. So that's why when there's pains in your life and it makes you want to do something, you know, education, marketing, and all these, sorry, all these marketing systems are help you to want to solve that pain, to make a decision on something. But then the journey a lot of the times it's, it doesn't really actually have, make you evolve. And I think that's where it's what's missing. And that's where I can, I'm, 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 what I'm doing is I'm trying to kind of go through the, they have a pain. I want to solve that pain, but through the experience, they also change the way they think and they become more aware of who they are and, and be, try to be better as, as human beings and have that space to think, you know, one of the, the next challenge for me and, about sitting alone doing nothing just being with myself yeah there, there's some pain there for sure <laughs> we can cover that a different time together yeah um ivan yeah. to to finish like uh if you had one thing you could share with the world let's say i asked him i was to everybody Mm. Let's say this podcast becomes big in a couple of years and people go back to this episode and say, oh, let's see who is this Ivan guy. And do you have any like one or two things that you think are crucial as a wisdom of your own life, as your own experience, 32 years old, that you gained so far that you think could be timeless, immortal and pass the test of time? What would it be? Tough question. 
you know, we talked about a lot about the mindset. You know, we talked a lot about the perception of life. Uh, but I do think that being being completely being very aware of who you are and how to elevate your 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 consciousness. I think that's where you can change the world. If people understand how to like all the experiences they lived, all of the emotions, all the traumas, and they're very, very aware of who they are. And then they understand how to how to tap into elevating their consciousness, right? To a higher paradigm. I think that that's where you can change the world. If you can elevate the consciousness and tap into that, I think you can do whatever you want in life and be free in many respects because you're able to understand a lot about everything. Again, emotions, emotions. Yeah. If you understand how to like direct your emotions and elevate your consciousness, I think you're pretty good. You're, you're, you, you can change the world. You can change. You have to change yourself to change the world. Mm. I don't know. That's I get excited about changing, but I do yeah. think that there's a phrase that says, you know, sometimes you want to change the world, but what about changing yourself and the world? Changes, the world right? will reflect that. your change. You have to go in, go in. Take the time to go in. I can't put it in one sentence or one thing. It's, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> There's nothing uh, bad about this. So, Ivan, people who want to connect with you, where do they go? Is it on social media? Do you have a website? What is the best way for, you to, for them to connect with you, either personally or if they want to help them, like have some help with English, maybe? Just how do we find you online? Um, I think Instagram would be the easiest way for now. I think Eva, uh, at Ivan Osh Valentine. I'm going to put the description anyway. Yeah, you can put yeah. the Instagram for now. I, I'm working on the marketing aspect of things, but uh, for now, I think that's the easiest way to connect with me. Good. Guys, from me on my side, uh, so this was your episode of Your Brother's Podcast. Please uh, like, subscribe, comment below. How did you think? How did, what did you like about this episode? I think it was a great call. Uh, yeah, the button, it will be on the other side. I don't know. Notifications, Notifications, buttons, with the, the lights, everything. So, and also, um, if you feel inspired to, to help me with this mission, I will have a Patreon uh, link so you can receive some funds from the, if you feel like this is any value for you, if it's $2, $5, I think I have a big ambition to make it grow uh, weeks after weeks. I have many episodes to come this summer. So please support us. It's a, it's a good cause with good people and you will get inspired for sure. And maybe this be the beginning of a new life for you. Thank you so much, guys. So this is Anthony Rivet for your brother's podcast and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.